BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yep. Thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where when it comes to weddings, we all know having the right DJ is so necessary. But Tommy, at your wedding, you decided to go a totally different direction, didn't you? I did. What did you do instead of a DJ? I sang the songs myself, (laughs) boy. (laughs) No, that's not true. What did you actually do? I had a wedding band. Yes, a live wedding band. Tommy did not hire a DJ, and everybody in the crowd in attendance ended up having a way better experience on the dance floor without a DJ with a live band instead. They even got out into the crowd and started singing and dancing with us. It's that crazy. was crazy. That was crazy. Um, so with that said, Tommy, why do the Lakers still have a DJ? All right, that's it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> I am your host, Jonathan Hernandez. I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander. Uh, we're not sure where, where this episode exists in the grand landscape of what the Lakers are doing game-wise, but uh, yeah, this will be an evergreen episode that, yeah. DJ's, DJ's an all-star candidate at this point. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is going to sound completely outdated as DeAndre Jordan makes his way to the all-star team for sure. Um, but 
I mean, given reality, I think it will still hold weight so long as Frank Vogel continues to siphon minutes over to one Mr. DeAndre Jordan. So with that said, uh, Tommy, before... So this first segment, I don't know if there's going to be a segment or an entire episode, but for this first segment, I'm just going to throw out some buyout market options of bigs who I think might end up on the buyout market, maybe some trade candidates too, if it so happens to be the fact that Frank Vogel is insistent on, for the rest of this season, care, like playing a traditional two-big lineup. I talked to you before we, we press record, but this is probably going to be moot because I think the DeAndre Jordan problem will be solved by, one, just continuing to play 80 at the 5, or just focusing our traditional center big minutes solely on Dwight Howard and playing you know, Trevor Ariza when he's back, continuing to play Carmelo Anthony, making room for more perimeter guys and going small, etc. But let's just say, no, Frank Vogel is adamant that we have to have insurance big for Dwight Howard and technically for AD. And if DeAndre Jordan's not cutting it, who can we get instead? So this is kind of what this episode's about. So I'm going to throw out some options to you. You're going to give me your thoughts. But before we get to that, let's do a quick like devil's advocate sort of positives for what DeAndre Jordan has brought still. Okay, so from my end, he's experienced. He's a good locker room guy. Palinka and Vogel are comfortable with, you know, name guys who have been around the league and have a pedigree about them and a history of, you know, just kind of historic stats like DeAndre does. And in general, DeAndre Jordan's been good for team chemistry. Um, In terms of actual on-court play, I think he's legitimately good for Westbrook and LeBron in terms of getting our best playmakers engaged and giving them easier like aerial outlets with all these lobs that they're throwing. And DeAndre does his like little reverse alley-oop lob dunk. Um, And even for Anthony Davis, I think kind of like the discussion that we've had previously offline when I've asked you like, is Russell Westbrook worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze with regards to having to acquiesce so much to Russell Westbrook? And you mentioned to me, well, it's worth it if LeBron James thinks it's worth it, right? In some senses, that's kind of the case with DeAndre Jordan, where on courts, what we're watching as fans, it doesn't seem like it's worth it. And if you're looking at the net ratings of lineups and stuff and and us getting out-rebounded, it's definitely not worth it. But if Anthony Davis thinks it's worth it, at least in the regular season, then DeAndre Jordan might be worth it. So and you kind of have to grin and bear through 14 minutes of DeAndre through the rest of the regular season. So those are my devil's advocates, uh, devil's advocate points for DeAndre Jordan. What about you? Yeah, I mean, look, the lob thread is nice because he's like, we have Dwight who can also, you know, finish some lobs for us. But DeAndre is physically such a massive human being. Um and his arms are so long. I don't know if he's longer than Dwight. I know Dwight has really long arms too. Something about it, it, it just feels like he's he's got really good control of the ball around the basket. Maybe his hands are bigger. I'm not I'm not positive. He um, has an inch wingspan on Dwight Howard, seven okay. six to seven five. But he's definitely taller by like an inch or two. Yeah, that's right. Because Dwight's a little undersized, and I guess for a, a traditional center. But you know he. He sets really good screens. Um, I will say that he he sets a solid screen. He's not he's not horrible as the last line of defense. Uh, that's about all I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, yeah, but go ahead. So let's segue into the negatives because for me, he's taking minutes away from better players who can better space the floor for us. Um, if we wanted to have. Yeah, you know, this is the whole point of this episode, right? If we wanted to still have another traditional big to play next to AD besides Dwight, it kind of seems like we're forcing the issue with playing DeAndre, who's a shell of himself, clearly. And 
at this stage, I feel like we can find better approximations of DeAndre Jordan, like in the G League, with at least guys who are younger and more springier than he is, right? What DeAndre has on them is probably, you know, experience and being around the league, et cetera, et cetera. But for 14 minutes a game, do you really need that? And especially at the center position where you just give whichever big X the instructions of rebound the ball, play defense, and catch a lob. You know what I'm saying? Dunk the ball. Um, So with that said, and and then I think also with regards to negatives, it's just like we're getting constantly out-rebounded even playing DeAndre, the one benefit he's supposed to be providing us. So any other negatives of why you're, you're almost leaning towards, let's just bench this guy or find another traditional big. So the the by far the biggest one for me, okay, is and and people on Twitter. Uh, this is not like a totally original thought I've had. I, I will say it's like the eye test kind of. You can see this, but other people are definitely talking about this. DeAndre is like very much, at least right now, and maybe this will change. Very much a one effort big. He will make like one really solid effort on any given possession. I say that on both ends of the floor, on offense, on on defense, but especially it becomes apparent on defense. But after that effort, he's like dead. You're you're like playing four on five at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's like so frustrating to watch because this guy was such an effective defensive player for so many years. He's only playing so many minutes. We're playing on a team where we're like, I'm not saying the stats or, you know, what ability necessarily like bears this out but like Carmelo Anthony is trying to play defense that dude hasn't played defense in like a decade <laughs> you know what I mean and like if ever and, and you, you can know, tell yeah yeah guys are trying to play defense maybe Rondo exception right who's supposed to be like our 15th man but Malik Monk again maybe lack of ability or, or whatever but he's trying to play defense um and it just becomes frustrating watching DeAndre because he has all of the tools. You would just hope for like 12 minutes a game, this dude could put forth some like, you know, Dwight Howard level energy. And Dwight, by the way, plays like 18 to 20 minutes a game. So yeah. he's playing more minutes and he puts out such a crazy effort. It's like, how how does DeAndre not do this? It, it was it was like so painful in the last game. It, it just became so much more apparent when we did start the game with 80 at the five. And yeah, we're playing Houston, so maybe it's not the best example. I, this is like the most recent game, you know, prior to our recording of this podcast. Maybe not the most relevant example because that team is not very good. But we looked like a totally different team just starting the game off. That how you kick off a game has such a big impact. And you know, we saw it for we've seen it over you know the past and in, in years where the Lakers have had questionable starting fives. And the starters come out and the energy is just all off from the outset. That's kind of how it feels with DeAndre. You know, it's like guys are out of sync on defense, guys are out of sync on offense. All that changed with AD at the five. So whatever, you don't want to play AD at the five. Well, DeAndre then came in as the primary bench big because Dwight was sitting out with an injury, right? So DeAndre looks so, he's like by comparison, it was so, so, so painful to watch Mm -hmm. when Dwight comes out. He's got the energy. He's got like the, you know, he's defensively, you know, still at this age and this stage in his career, like super fundamentally sound. He knows our our system, but more importantly than knowing our system, he makes a ton of efforts. He runs really hard. Uh, he really tries his best and he is fully like engaged in these games. And DeAndre is just sort of loafs around and, you know, like if you're going to throw him a lob, he'll like get up for that. But like, like I said, if if he has a weak side block that he can come over and just swat something away, he'll do it. 
But after that, he is not moving from the position that he's like standing in. And it's like crazy. I'm like, does somebody want to show that? It's embarrassing when you when you see him out there. <laughs> I would be embarrassed in film sessions if this was pointed out, right? Like you got 37-year-old Carmelo, again, maybe lack of ability or whatever, but he's trying to move around most of the time that he's out there. And Carmelo, by the way, we're asking him to do a lot more on offense than we're asking DeAndre. Um, you got other guys on the team who are like longtime veterans in the league who were asking to do things on defense that they haven't necessarily always done. And DeAndre has played defense at various times in his – actually, the large majority of his career was known as a pretty decent defender, at least – you know, for a big man at rim protector uh, type defender and rebounder. And he's just like, so it's, it just feels so lazy on that yeah. end, you know? And so can that I, kind can of I just has, say, yeah, it, it sounds like we're talking about like a 36 year old dude. Deandre is only 33. And then to I your know. point, like De- Dwight Howard's like 35, going to be 36 soon. So I'm not sure what excuse he has, but I'd almost argue, you know, with regards to Deandre's past as like a, more dominant rebounder and defender, I'd almost argue that DeAndre was never foundationally a supreme elite defender. He, pre- I would argue that he more worked off of his unique physical abilities and explosiveness and talent. And now we're seeing it catch up to him in terms of him never never having the elite fundamentals that Dwight Howard always had. Uh, and now you see... At least, like, previous DeAndre, you're talking about he only he's, like, a one-effort sort of big. At least previous DeAndre had that, like, Nas button that he could go to, you know, where he at least had a second and third option or a second and third jump in him. But now without those second and third jumps, it's like you're getting to see, one, he, he was never really elite defensively, and, and, and two, without his, without that second and third effort, like, athleticism and, and just want, you're seeing just how deficient he is on that end and how lead-footed and loafing he is. And to at that point, it's like, it feels like the Lakers and Vogel are just unnecessarily handcuffing themselves, handcuffing one, you know, arm behind their back before they even start games by just playing him. And look, I know Marc Gasol wouldn't have fit our game plan in terms of go, being up and down and all that stuff, but at least he's giving you something offensively in terms of spacing the floor. And at least, you know, when it comes to like guarding the paint He's he's also an impediment in that way, and probably the same guarding the perimeter as DeAndre would be, you know? And also at the end of the day, I think style and how this team wants to play is sort of irrelevant and overrated at this point because we're just reeling from injuries. We don't even have an identity of our own. So screw DeAndre playing the way we want to play in terms of being a lob threat. At this point, we just need smart guys who know how to play good basketball, who have high basketball IQ because I feel like that's what this team is really lacking. And that's something that Marc Gasol would have given us. And Don't even get me started about Andre Drummond. I know he's not a smart basketball IQ guy, but in comparison to DeAndre Jordan, my God, is he a lob threat like DeAndre? No, but at least he can move his damn feet. And one thing that Andre Drummond would actually help us in our pursuit of pace and space is the fact that he gets steals. He has good hands. He can actually move his feet on the perimeter. Are they gambles? Yes, but at least that's a lot better than what we're getting from DeAndre Jordan. So I think that's the point of this episode. It's like, if you're ta- if you're not even giving us the things that we're expecting of you when we make that trade-off from offense to defense, then why are we playing you, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree. And, and that's where it becomes like so frustrating to watch. Like you're playing on an all-star team of guys who were 
like the best players in the league when you were in your prime. You know what I mean? You would think that would give you, and he's so physically imposing. And we have, by the way, a defense with a defensive minded coach that, you know, who, by the way, is a guy who has a history of working with guys like DeAndre. You know what I mean? Like uh, Frank Vogel's teams historically in Indiana always had a true traditional big man. And when we won a championship two years ago, we worked Roy with Roy Hibbert. Tr- shout out yeah, former yeah, Laker. Exactly. Shout out Roy Hibbert. <laughs> Uh, we had uh, other traditional, I guess, relatively more traditional big men in, in terms of size when we won the championship, right? So this is not a situation where, like, the scheme is just exposing him. Like, oh, now we're playing, like, Mike D'Antoni's system, and so this X guy looks bad. Like, this system is specifically, like, curated to, like, favor these types of two big lineups where we can have an extra rim protector on the floor next to AD, and have that guy just create havoc, like cause complete havoc in the paint. And Dwight did it. Even JaVale was able to do, uh, you know, in his in his limited burst quite a bit of this. But DeAndre has just been so frustrating to watch in that respect because it's like you're putting this guy in the, in the exact position he needs to be in to su- succeed, and he's just not taking advantage of it. Yeah, so now we move on to other options out there that we could potentially go to to replace DeAndre, even though we know it won't actually happen because, again, DeAndre Jordan seems like a permanent fixture on this roster chemistry-wise. Vogel, Palinka seem to like him, but who knows? We've seen stranger things. They may just cut him and be like, hey, sorry, dude, it's just not working out. So with that said, are you ready to be depressed, Tommy? Um, yeah, God. So, I mean, another option that we've talked about before, he's currently not even a buyout guy. He's just a free agent. I don't think this is realistic, but at this point, is DeMarcus Cousins a worse option than DeAndre? Tommy, quickly. Uh, probably not. Yeah, he's like Marcus All, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. at this point, but he'd give you way more he offensive just gives you a versatility. Yeah, yeah, he's like Carmel, like the taller version of Carmelo Anthony. And we've seen so far, in terms of effort, maybe that's not such a bad thing. Okay, so before we move on to some trade candidates and potential buyout guys, some additional guys who are currently free agents who the Lakers could just scoop up for free outside of DeMarcus Cousins would be Harry Giles, who the Clippers cut in favor of Isaiah Hardenstein. I've been harping about Giles all free agency, and is he... And and maybe he's just shot. Maybe he doesn't have any more potential. But in terms of just physical clay, another athletic guy who, okay, if we want to fit someone to fit our style, that's Harry Giles. He can catch a lob. But I think most of all is Harry Giles can move his feet on the perimeter potentially. He has like a seven foot two wingspan, young athletic clay. Harry Giles would be much better than DeAndre Jordan, even if he doesn't have that veteran savviness that you may trust. But can you really trust DeAndre Jordan at this point? So there's Harry Giles. And also someone who fits the same sort of mold in terms of, okay, you don't really know what you have in him, but he's young, he's athletic, he's hopefully more hungry than DeAndre Jordan. Is he a bonehead? Yes, but there's something there to work with, I feel like. And that's Marquise Chris, who we've also been harping about during our free agency episodes that the Lakers should take a flyer on. So, And Marquise Chris, too, can kind of shoot from the outside, something, a dynamic that DeAndre Jordan doesn't provide us with. So... So there's another option. Another super random dark horse option, and I'm just throwing his name out there because I think it's funny, um, is Thon Maker. I don't believe Thon Maker's in the league currently. Thon Maker, as you remember, is better than Brandon Ingram, and uh, he's just seven foot one. He can shoot from the outside. He's rail thin. I actually don't think he fits the Lakers' uh, build or mold at all. I don't think he fits any NBA's build, as 
evidenced by the fact that he's not on any team, but he's just an interesting name to throw out there uh, that's not realistic. Um, but one other guy and one last guy on the market that I would like to throw out there, and this is someone that I've been championing over the years. I don't know why he's not in the league currently. He's actually only 30 years old. He does have NBA experience. He is 6'9", so he's not that tall, maybe 6'10", but he does have a 7'6 wingspan, and I'm talking about John Henson. Please, Lakers, revive this dude's career. I'm sure you can squeeze more out of him than you currently can out of DeAndre Jordan's lifeless body on defense. And he can catch a lob or two. He has long-ass arms. He has the same wingspan as DeAndre Jordan. So, so yeah, any of these guys that we mentioned who are currently on the buyout market, who are currently free agents, you can just scoop them up for free and swap them out for DeAndre Jordan. DeMarcus Cousins, John Henson, young flyers like Harry Giles, Marquise Chris, and Thon Maker is just a funny name to throw out there. All right, so now let's turn our sights to potential trades and then potential buyout dudes. But first, let's pitch it to our sponsors, and then we'll catch you guys after the turn. All right, so we are back. Before we get back into our list of DeAndre Jordan options with Tommy, I just want to add one additional thought, and that's the Lakers really have no excuse to try and find a replacement for DeAndre Jordan if he's not working out. Because as you remember, last season, we did this very thing with a much better, more capable, more smarter player in Marcus All and a much more heralded and awarded player in Marcus Gasol. We ostracized him, we pushed him out of the rotation, we got a guy in Andre Drummond who is arguably not a better player, kind of like DeAndre Jordan, and gave Andre Drummond Marcus Gasol's spot. So if we're going to do that to Marcus Gasol, a much better player than DeAndre Jordan currently is, there's no reason why the Lakers can't eventually go out there on the buyout market, the free agent market, the trade market, and find a better option for 14 minutes than DeAndre Jordan. All right, so with that said, let's get back into our last two DeAndre Jordan categories in terms of replacement. So I have this broken up between buyout guys and guys you would trade for. I think it's super less realistic that we trade for any traditional bigs or even other bigs, but I'm just going to throw this out there anyways in case we can get a guy... In case we can get any of these guys for, say, Malik Monk or Wayne Ellington, right? Unrealistic, but let's just say we can. Um, in my trade for categories, I'm just going to list them out and you tell me if any of these guys interest you. Houston Rockets, Daniel Tice, because we're not sure why he's even on that roster and team playing minutes over Alperin Shangoon for a tank team. So there's Daniel Tice. He give you sort of that, um, you know, spacing, but also tough tough defense, and he can move his feet way better than DeAndre. It's not as explosive, obviously, but he's solid. Um, there's Daniel Tice. Here's a weird one. Marvin Bagley on the Sacramento Kings. Not realistic, but let's just say, oh, we want to take a flyer on Marvin Bagley. He's there. Um, and he's obviously not even playing in their rotation on the Sacramento Kings, and Sacramento Kings might be a tank team, whatever. Um, Chris Boucher on the Toronto Raptors. He averaged like two blocks last year. I think he's too raw to even consider, but he's out there. Um, the one guy that I would look to maybe trade for on a tank team would be Kelly Olynyk, because he would be like mm. the ultimate like Mark Gasol prototype, but he can actually move his feet on the perimeter way better than Mark Gasol, can space the floor really well. He had like a bang out second half of the season with the Houston Rockets last year, averaging like 20 points, eight rebounds, four assists, etc. Um, but I think the Olynyk thing is not realistic even if the Lakers wanted to trade assets for him, Let, like let's say even THT, because if Olenek was made available, 
which he probably will be on a Detroit Pistons team that doesn't really have use for him right now. So you can imagine what that looks like, you know, towards the second half of the season. But I think if Olenek were made available, there would be other contending teams that could probably give up more than us. But let's just say hypothetically, these guys, it's possible the Lakers trade for them. Who would you like out of this group? Daniel Tice, Kelly Olenek, Marvin Bagley, Chris Boucher, trade-wise. Um, sorry, read the name again. Uh, read the list again. Daniel Tice, Kelly Olenek, Marvin Bagley, Chris Boucher. I think Kelly Olenek. I mean, yeah. I agree with you that it's probably not super realistic, but he fits so clearly on this team. He's played on competitive teams throughout his career, except for like the last couple of years, right? So I don't know. He's actually like a bit better as a positional def- – like he doesn't get that many counting stats. I guess he gets some steals. I'm looking at his stats right now. Um, but – he doesn't get a ton of counting stats as a defender. He's actually, like, not that bad on that end, in my he opinion. Isn't. And he could certainly, in this system, be trained. At some level, you just need size, which he has. Um, he can, like, rain threes. I mean, he, he's mm-hmm. gotten off to a somewhat slow start this year, but he's, you know, career-wise, a 37%, you know, rounded up for a three-point shooter. He can hit free throws. Um I think it's a no-brainer. I actually don't know what his salary situation is. That might be the one. His caveat. salary situation. He's making twelve million dollars this year, so like slightly above the mid-level. So I mean, you'd have to trade THT. Yeah. I don't think we do that, obviously. But right, who right, knows right. if we're desperate, we might. But anyways, those are the options. I agree with you. Kelly Olynyk is like, uh, yeah, probably the best option out here, followed by Daniel Tice, and the other two are flyers. If the Lakers were a tank team or whatever, sure, you know, trade for Marvin Bagley or whatever. See what he's got left in him. All right, moving on to the more realistic options. These are guys that I think have a legit shot at being bought out at some point. And if DeAndre is not working, there are some names on this list that I think also fit Rob Palenka's criteria of being like, quote unquote, a name guy who's done stuff in the past. So we'll see who piques your interest. I'll read off the four, four guys first on my list before getting to the top three. Derek Favors, Kem Birch on the Toronto Raptors, former Laker Damian Jones, and Gorgie Dang on the Atlanta Hawks, who people wanted uh, instead of Andre Drummond last year. But yeah, out of those four, who would you most uh, want to get in replacement of DeAndre Jordan? Or are you like, yeah, any of those four would actually be better? Uh, Probably any of those four would be better. (laughs) But, uh, you know, the guy, and I know this is like, it's become a meme among Laker fans at this point, and I know it would immensely frustrate me if he was actually on the team, um, because I recall being frustrated last year in some some of his appearances. But I kind of like Damian Jones. I mean, he's he's just fun, because he's 25. Okay, look, we need some youth on this team, right? And we've actually seen it. Obviously, we're dealing with some injuries right now, but like... Some guys have to soak up some of these minutes that some of these vets are are getting. You know, I know it's like the vets aren't taking as many minutes like Carmelo's and uh, when Ariza comes back and Dwight and guys like that are not taking as many minutes as they were taking in their prime, right? But we're going to be blowing some teams out this year. I know we haven't seen it too much so far, but it's going to come. Um, we're going to be blowing some teams out and we need some guys to soak up those minutes. And Damian Jones is 25 years old and can run for days. Right. And can jump for days. And, and like, he's just kind of fun to watch, uh, because he's so explosive for a guy that size. Um, I think he can be trained as a defender. I think, you know, maybe potentially short-sighted to go with a guy like, uh, Andre Drummond over him last year. Andre Drummond, by the way, having a great year so far, and hopefully he, <laughs> he gets is. his he hopefully he gets his career back on track. But 
for what our team kind of needed last year, you could make the argument that maybe Damian Jones would have been the better fit um, for purposes of last season. Then we'd probably still have him now. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I like Damian Jones and he kind of gives you, I mean, look, it's like, you want to say, well, Damian Jones is kind of an idiot sometimes defensively, but if DeAndre Jordan's only going to be giving you one effort on defensive plays, mm-hmm. you're better off going with like a young guy who you can at least try to coach up and, and see if he'll, he'll give you, you know, more of those efforts that you're looking for. Yeah, I agree. And last year, who did he have to throw him loves? Dennis Schroeder, right? He's going to have Westbrook and oh, LeBron yeah. healthy oh, and all this goodness. stuff. Come on, let's go. Uh, I agree with you. Any of these guys would uh, <laughs> would be better than DeAndre, but I have a slight affinity for uh, Damian Jones. I think Derek Favors would work as well, but he's sort of more of like DeAndre morphing into Marcus Gasol, a little bit more lead-footed. So I think you'd want to keep that lob thread aspect, right, if you replace DeAndre. Okay, are you ready for this? Buckle your seatbelts for my top three. I don't think you're ready for this, Tommy. Hi. Top three potential buyout guys, bigs who could replace DeAndre Jordan. Tristan Thompson. Uh-oh. On the Sacramento Kings on an expiring deal. Then we've got Robin Lopez on the Orlando Magic. Same sort of situation. He's uh, $5 million expiring this year. And then lastly, we've got former Laker Thomas Bryant on the Washington Wizards, biding his time trying to get recovered from, I think he had like an ACL injury or something. All I know is he's coming back, but they already have Daniel Gafford. Trez is killing it. I don't think they have much use for him, and they could easily form a buyout with him. He's $8 million expiring this year. All these guys are expiring. They've done stuff in their career. I think the guy that, you know, is highlighted most to me is Tristan Thompson because of his relationship with LeBron James. But we've talked about him before, right? Even as a free agent candidate, like a year or two ago. But this is a guy who's known for being scrappy and defensive and like moves around the court pretty well. And, you know, he's not as explosive lob-wise as DeAndre Jordan. But in terms of activity and rebounding the ball and stuff, that's Tristan Thompson. But yeah, your thoughts on Tristan and any of these other guys? Well, so I think Thomas Bryant is young enough. I know he's been in the league a bit at this point, but he's still young enough to where I think if they made him available, they'd probably look for a trade before they bought him out. Um, or someone would claim him off waivers or something. Yeah, yeah. Tristan Thompson, it's funny because you're calling him expiring. Oh, but he – was he traded to the Sacramento Kings? He was he, traded on his like mid-level deal from the Celtics. So Okay, that's right. That's right. Okay, so maybe – I mean maybe that's a possibility. I would – look, I would love Tristan Thompson. I mean I, I was in the camp of I would consider giving this dude like the MLE um, – if he opted out, because uh, I think he was he was a two year deal and he had a player option with the Celtics, I, I believe was the situation. Um, but you know, I guess like, look, any of these guys would be like miles better, <laughs> I guess, miles better <laughs> exactly. than DeAndre. I, I think the Tristan Thompson one is interesting because he has a history with uh, LeBron and he knows how to play. You know, on LeBron type teams, he can move his feet a bit on the perimeter, and frankly. One of our huge weaknesses, and I, it's like mind blowing that this is always a weakness for our teams early in seasons, but it's been like much worse this year than it ever has been is, is rebounding. Um, and, and Tristan Thompson would clean that up quite a bit. Yeah, I like Tristan Thompson. And I think also Robin Lopez, because Robin is more of Frank Vogel's prototype of big, right? He's a legit seven feet. Seven foot six wingspan, actually, which is crazy. He's from North Hollywood, California. So you get that return to LA sort of narrative thing going on. And yeah, I mean, same with Brooke, right? Sorry? Or same situation as Brooke. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, he's buried behind the Orlando Magic's bench because Mo Bamba's there, Wendell Carter's there. I think they even got some other dudes. Um, but anyways, yeah, so any of these options would be better than DeAndre Jordan. If we somehow get any of these guys and make that swap, that would be... <laughs> this is like such a sad podcast, by the way. I, hope <laughs> I DeAndre, know, sorry. Hopefully I'm... DeAndre Jordan never listens to this. DeAndre Jordan, you were fantastic in your prime. Yeah. hopefully you pick it up. Um... No shade to DeAndre Jordan. Like Tommy said at the top of this episode, he's probably on his way to making the All-Star team uh, this season. And we will probably look like a bunch of dumbasses and hacks, <laughs> even making an episode dedicated to DeAndre Jordan being a problem. So what are we doing? Let's end this right now. I'm not sure if this is just a segment or an episode, but those are your options in case we somehow hit on any of these. Uh, Yeah, something for you to nibble at, even though they likely won't happen at all. With that said, Tommy, I will let you go. DeAndre Jordan is a problem that needs to be fixed. Just kidding. No, he's not. Um, but, but yeah. All right, Tommy. See ya. Later. Later. <laughs>